It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. We've got an amazing show planned for you today. We're going to go through some headlines in this first and second segment. Third and fourth segment, we've got this young guy, Will Witt, who is doing these uh, videos for Prager University that is, they're they're edgy. They're actually addressing uh, different issues that are facing Americans today, and he does that in a real humorous manner. And uh, so it'll be fun to talk with him about that as well. Uh, Steve is uh, out today. He's on vacation. Have Dave running the boards there. Dave, it's great to have you. And I want to say thank you to uh, Zach and Patty and Keith for keeping this train on the track. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, So uh, let's jump in here with our our inspiration. This is uh, this is actually something I have at my home. This was written by a guy. He he was an author, American author. Uh, He he passed on in 1995. His name's Wilford Peterson. But this is what he said. He said, "Walk with the dreamers, the believers, the courageous, the cheerful, the planners." The doers, the successful people with their heads in the clouds and their feet on the ground. Let their spirit ignite a fire within you to leave this world better than when you found it. And again, that is Wilfred Peterson. So, Dave, are you ready for a little humor this morning? Yeah, let's, let's see it. Okay. I got three for you. First of all, why did the robber take a bath? Because he wanted to make a clean getaway. <laughs> Number two, what washes up on very small beaches? Microwaves. <laughs> I know you're loving this. And lastly, why did the computer go to the doctor? Because it had a virus. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. So, so we're going to jump into some headlines, though. Last night, I want to let you know what I did. I went to, to the Douglas County School Board meeting. And the reason that I went, a uh, couple of things... Uh, Uh, There was several weeks ago, and we've talked about it on the show, there was a woman who made a presentation to uh, the Ranch View Middle School children. Her name's Regan Bird, and uh, she actually has a significant political agenda. Uh, She was one of the organizers of the uh, Women's March this last year. And uh, looking at her Facebook page, she is a fan of Ilhan Omar, also a fan of uh, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So that I'm just giving that to you as a context of uh, her politics. She is very active. She's a radical activist. And she made a presentation to the Ranch View Middle School kids about inclusivity, uh, tolerance, you know, all of these different things. When in essence, you know, that, that whole movement, what that is really doing is trying to put people into different groups, trying to make one group feel badly. Um, one group a victim. It's just not a healthy thing to be doing. But my understanding is, is that she actually showed a video, and this was prior to the STEM school shooting in Douglas County, and Ranch View Middle School is in Douglas County. Uh, she showed a video uh, that basically uh, uh, put SROs, school resource, school resource officers, in a very 
I think, a, a bad light. It, it delegitimized the good work that they're trying to do in these schools. And uh, it was, uh, I, I haven't seen the video yet, but uh, I would like to. And so a couple of things. I've requested that uh, several times now from the school district and, and really got nothing from them. So I went to the school board meeting last night and asked for uh, a copy of that video because I think as community members, we, we have a right to see what is being uh, presented to our children. Secondly, I asked that there be a balanced approach. Uh, clearly, she leans to one particular side of the political spectrum. And uh, so I asked that the students be presented with a, a balanced approach. And then lastly, I saw in the Lone Tree Voice, which is the little newspaper that arrives on the driveway, that uh, she actually has been now hired as an independent contractor. So tax dollars are are funding her, uh, and she is teaching uh, counselors and uh, administrators uh, on different classes on inclusivity and these variety of things. And so I also asked for uh, what the amount of that contract is. Uh, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, actually, you need to request that via a CORA request, which I think that's that's weird. I think that if a citizen asks uh, um, you know, an entity that they, we pay taxes for, if we ask for information on that, I think that we should be able to get that. But interestingly enough, I got there just a little bit after 6. The, the meeting started at 6. And a friend of mine was said that she was saving a seat for me. And when I got to the door, there were... Uh, uh, I, I think law enforcement there. There were police officers there, or sheriff. Uh, I guess it was sheriff. Uh, and uh, there was a real presence there. There was probably four or five officers. And they said that the room was at capacity and that I would have to take a number and wait to get in. And uh, so then I said, well, I'm actually part of the press, and so I was able to get into the press area. Uh, and then I did end up getting a seat. But First of all, it was really interesting. It was kind of daunting when I walked up to the door to see all of these uh, sheriff's deputies there. And then when I got into the room, the room had been set up where there was um, ample room in between the rows. So I think that they, it was a way actually to limit the number of seats there. Uh, let me put it this way. If you were flying on an airplane, you would have paid a lot of money to have that much leg room. And uh, I thought this is uh, this is just really interesting. I felt that it was... Uh, somewhat orchestrated to limit the number of people that could actually get into the room. And so anyway, I did make my comments, and I will keep you apprised on what's going on with that. But again, this woman presented to our our middle school kids, and she has a significant political bent to the radical activist uh, far left, and I think that there needs to be a balanced approach. So... That is what I want to let you know about that. We're going to jump into headlines. First thing, uh, I I hope that all of you will uh, take a moment of silence today for Kendrick Castillo. He was the young man that was killed uh, in the STEM school shooting. And uh, Cherry Hills Community Church is going to have his memorial service today. And there's a photograph of Kendrick with a quotation from the Gospel of John. It's John 15, 13. It says, "Greater uh, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And uh, that uh, celebration will be today at the Cherry Hills Community Church. I imagine his parents' hearts are just breaking. They miss him. But uh, what an an amazing act of courage and uh, what a legacy that he also leaves. Uh, Another thing, and I I actually went to this meeting last Friday morning of the Air Quality Control Commission, I had signed up to speak, but uh, it, the meeting went really long, and I had to leave before speaking. 
But Colorado is going to issue a rule. This is on ZEVs, zero emission vehicles. They're also uh, issuing rules on LEVs, which is low emission vehicles. And um, this is from the Colorado Sun. It says, a controversial move to adopt California's zero emission vehicle mandate is now heading down a divided road after the state's rulemaking body agreed to consider new regulations. The Colorado Air Quality Control Commission voted unanimously on Friday to return in August to decide whether Colorado should adopt the stricter vehicle emissions. And such a mandate would require auto manufacturers to make electric vehicles nearly 5% of their vehicle sales by uh, uh, 2023 here in Colorado, with higher rates in the following years. Now, you know what, Dave, if something is a really, really good idea, you don't have to um, incentivize people to buy something and you don't have to force them. We've seen uh, this whole incentive program and we've seen it from the federal government as well. But in Colorado, uh, somebody can get $12,500 shaved off their income tax bill if they buy an electric vehicle. That's $7,500 from the feds. 5000 from the state of Colorado. And that means really, you know, the rich guys driving these, these Teslas, you know, they're getting 12500 shaved off of their income tax bill, and hardworking, everyday people are having to make that up. Well, my least favorite part is how it's under this ruse that somehow it's better for the environment and that it's zero emissions. They're not zero emissions. They use more carbon gets released into the atmosphere to power an electric car than a gas-powered car. And, and what's your research on that? That's well, what they always ask me. Well, uh, I mean, I have been here at the station. I, I talked to, to a, lot of, a lot of experts. Um, and it's really because in Colorado, most of our electricity comes from coal. Yep. And so coal puts a tremendous amount of CO2 into the air, which is what they say is what is causing all the problems. Yeah. Well, and, and to that point, we've actually been working really hard here in Colorado uh, for clean coal. And we had had somebody on that lived out in, um, you know, uh, I can't remember now, it's out on the western slope where there is a coal-fired plant. And he said that actually uh, when he went out and got into his car after being at work, there was less, you know, um, particles on his car from the coal-fired plant than if it might have been a windy day and a a dusty day. So, you know, we've really been working on cleaning up this air. This is, I've been thinking a lot about this. I had a conversation, I did an interview uh, yesterday uh, with a uh, publication, and I've thought a lot about this, Dave, and that is, is that the far activist left has taken things that we believe are a good idea, like vaccinations for our kids against childhood diseases, or clean air, clean water. And they take those things that are good ideas, and then they roll that up into pushing forward their agenda of power, control, and force. And so we go back to what we did for our Freedom, or our Stand for Colorado rally on Friday. And, you know, I think about this all the time, so I think everybody else thinks about this all the time, but I realize that it's the questions before us. And when we look at legislation, when we look at these politicians and bureaucrats, ask them, is it freedom or is it force? And so here, what's going to happen with these new regulations is it is going to force people into to buy vehicles that they don't want, that doesn't work for their lifestyle, uh, or they're just going to keep their car. They're, so there's going to be fewer um, you know, used cars for sale. And, you know, it's actually going to affect 
people's freedom of mobility. And the freedom for people to move is inherent to people being able to go after their hopes, their dreams, and their economic well-being. I couldn't agree more. Okay. And I think it's all based on this science that's not exactly proven yet. It, it, and, and that's true. It is not proven yet. It's the, just these ideas, and they're trying to push through as if it is proven. Mm-hmm. And uh, the climate does change. At one point in time, Colorado was a tropical forest. At another time, during the Ice Age, there were woolly mammoths going up and down the front range here. So the climate does change. What's their base mark? You know, what is it? They're saying it's 2005. That's the climate that we want in 2005. I mean, really? Are they playing God? I don't quite get it. So, okay, we're going to go to break here in just a minute. Before we do it, though, the Rockies took one from the Red Sox yesterday. They've got another game today. And then they're headed to Philadelphia. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the place to watch all the games. Today is Wednesday, and Wednesday is Wing Day. That's all the wings you can eat for only $14.99. The smoked wings are delish. They're delectable and half the calories. And Hooters wings can fly. You can actually have them delivered right to your front door. When I have the girls over on Wednesday nights, that's what I do. They arrive at my front door. The guy drops them off and takes off. And uh, you can actually stop by and pick them up on your way home. Or what a fun place to go and watch the games. So uh, more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know me. Greatly appreciate it. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto FireGuard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation, offering you a conservatarian perspective. And uh, be sure to go to my website, americhicks.com. There's all kinds of great information there. Sign up for our weekly email. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, important things that you need to know about. And uh, like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, Dave is running the boards. Thank you so much. And Dave... I wanted to make one other point on this uh, rulemaking on these LEVs and ZEVs, these low-emission vehicles and zero-emission vehicles. You know, this is something that's under the radar. You know, as I look out the window and see people going up and down uh, the, the street here, I realize they don't know what's coming at them. 
And that's why what we do every, every day here is so important, to try to bring forth these issues that are so important. But uh, so now there had been this carrot. There had been this uh, uh, $5,000 in Colorado, $7,500 from the feds that people could, could take off of their income taxes if they bought electric vehicles. Well, that didn't totally work. And so now they're going to use force. And um, so they're, they're saying to uh, Colorado automobile dealers that if you don't sell a certain percentage of your fleet, which is 5% in 2023, so if you don't, if you don't sell vehicles that people don't want, I mean, then you are going to be penalized. Okay? So, but in a way to offset that penalty, uh, these automobile dealers can actually buy credits to offset those penalties. And the only company that offers those penalty or uh, that offers those um, credits that they can buy Tesla. So this is a, this is a government program to prop up Tesla and Tesla's earnings. This is from market watch. This was uh, uh, let's see at the end of the month it says Tesla's first quarter earnings and accompanying call with analysts was one of the top debacles that we have ever seen. According to the one time Tesla bull who said Thursday, he was dropping his buy rating on the stock. Daniel Ives of Wedbush cut his rating on Tesla 80, uh, 0.89% to neutral from outperform. And uh, so basically he said, in our 20 years of covering tech stocks on the street, we view this quarter as one of the top debacles that we have ever seen. While Musk and company in an episode out of the Twilight Zone act as if demand and profitability will magically return to the Tesla story. And uh, so here we've got, in a way, it's a government program. It's force here in Colorado that's going to prop up Tesla. And just, a, just an FYI as well, uh, Governor Hickenlooper is very good friends with Elon Musk's brother. Elon Musk is uh, the head of Tesla. And my understanding is, is that uh, Hickenlooper, in fact, has ridden around on the Tesla jet. So uh, just let's take a look at this. Hickenlooper uh, issues the uh, executive order on the LEVs. Polis issues the one on ZEVs. They're buddies, and this is then a program that forces people to buy something they don't want. If they don't, there's a penalty, and the way to offset that penalty is to buy credits from a good friend. I think that's a little sneaky. What do you think? It sounds sneaky. Yeah. You see that all the time, though, with, uh, with votes. They put something to a vote, it doesn't get passed, and then the next legislative session, they sneak it in some an other way. And that's what we saw this last time around. Uh, uh, like the setbacks from the, the fracking sites and oil and gas and stuff like that. We voted no for it. They're like, no, you voted wrong. We're going to do it anyway. I know. And so uh, we're at a time, though, Dave, we're at a time here in Colorado. The veil is off on these radical, progressive, I'm going to regressive activists. And uh, I think that that we have a real opportunity to continue to bring forward truth, to talk about these issues. And uh, I feel something shifting. I feel people understanding this freedom versus force. Um, narrative, you know, that we're bringing forward on that. So let's go through a few more of the headlines here. Uh, There is a petition that's been okay to recall Tom Sullivan. He is the Colorado lawmaker who backed the red flag bill. Now, tragically, uh, Representative Sullivan's uh, son was killed in the Columbine uh, shootings. Um, But uh, anyway, he was a major sponsor of the red flag gun bill. And uh, uh, recall leader Christy Brown, uh, she's the vice chairwoman of the Colorado Republican Party, uh, said that uh, Sullivan and his Democrat House colleagues shut down the voice of parents in Colorado. People in Colorado and parents in particular deserve to be listened to. And she said she's launching the recall as a citizen and a mom, not as a GOP officer. 
Now, this next thing, this is another, um, I just, this is not the proper role of government. Uh, Colorado uh, has uh, signed a bill, Colorado's governor signed a bill establishing college funds for the state's newborn children for the next two decades. Each uh, newborn, $100, will be put into an account with College Invest, which is a, a division of the state's Department of Higher Education, Okay, so this looks like another government program. Each child's money will be transferred to a post-secondary education savings account established by a parent. And if the account is not opened for the child by uh, the time the child turns five years old, the money will remain in the state fund for another child. A, is this the proper role of government? B, you're seeing a government by force taking money from one person to uh, put into these accounts. And what if your child doesn't want to go to college? You know, uh, you know, in a way, I think that it's trying to force that that particular activity. And um, Dave, I don't have a college degree, but I read a lot. And uh, I graduated with a classical liberal education. I have uh, basically one semester of college, but had the tools to be able to read and write and do arithmetic and run a household. And and those are the things that I think people should be they sh- they should have. And we have kids that are graduating from school that actually are not proficient in math and reading and writing. So let's let's focus on giving these kids a good K through 12 education and then let kids and families decide from there what they want to do with their career. Just saying. I mean, I completely agree. <laughs> I can see that this is going to be great cuz Steve doesn't always agree with me. This is great. <laughs> okay, next thing, uh let's see. Oh. This is on the national side. There's a federal bill that would sexualize your kids, like it or not. It's called the Equality Act, and uh, it's under consideration in the House of Representatives, the Democrat House of Representatives, and it would uh, codify the political ideology by adding sexual orientation and gender identity as protected classes in the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And uh, you know what? I think it's time we actually get rid of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. I think that we can address the issues that we have in our society now with, uh, with free market. Uh, for example, on the Jack Phillips uh, Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, um, issue, uh, you know, basically this couple came in and demanded that he, he make a cake for them. And I believe it's his intellectual property. I believe that it's his decision on whether or not who he wants to serve or who he doesn't. Um, because I think in the free market, there are competitors out there where people can go to get served now. So we're, we're a long ways from 1964. And uh, what this, this does now, by, by putting this into the Civil Rights Act, is it will increase the opportunity for uh, politicians and bureaucrats to penalize people, take their property, if they don't agree with a certain ideology. And that is totally antithetical to the American idea. And so this is very serious. I don't think it will get through the Senate. I don't think uh, President Trump will obviously sign it. But we can see that they're trying to move that Overton window over towards that ideology on a national level. Well, there's a lot of hypocrisy there, too, because the same people clamoring that Jack Phillips should make any cake are the (laughs) same people that say it's completely okay for Alex Jones to be banned from Twitter. Okay. And it's the whole thing. It's like that a private corporation has to be forced to do something while this other corporation, well, it's a private corporation, they're allowed to do whatever they want. Got it. Yeah. And uh, so I think that we need to have a free society. Uh, Freedom isn't always easy. 
but it certainly is much better than force. And uh, so that is very serious. We need to keep an eye on that. And then this is just amazing. Um, Mayor de Blasio in New York, as you may recall, he said that they're basically he's going to get rid of uh, steel and glass uh, skyscrapers. Well, you know, New York has a lot of steel and glass skyscrapers. And uh, so he was over at the Trump Tower and he was promoting the city's Green New Deal inside the lobby of the Trump Tower. And uh, he, uh, de Blasio has threatened President Trump's family's company with millions of dollars in fines if his buildings don't comply with new environmental standards. So once again, Dave, as we mentioned, you know, there is an idea, clean air, clean water. And we've done so much to clean up our air and clean up our water. But now they are using something that is good the, and, uh, and they're using that then to force and to penalize. And they're going to be then choosing you know, which companies that they are going to force and which companies uh, that uh, will get a pass. And so they're going to be going after President Trump and his family. But interestingly enough, they're also going after Google. And it says that New York, that Google uh, could owe millions of dollars in fines in New York City under this new climate change legislation, which was passed by Mayor de Blasio. And it requires buildings to dramatically cut greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 or face a penalty. And so I guess that they're even, even going to go after those that support them. I, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, But you know what? Uh, we've got Jason McBride on the line, and he knows everything. So I think we'll ask him what he has to say. Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management, what do you think? I think uh, you should talk to my wife. I keep trying to tell her I know everything, and she <laughs> says she's the one that does. So I need some backup here. Do you? Okay. I'll, I'll give her a call. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. I'll let you know the results. Okay. Sounds good. So what's up? Well, I think, uh, obviously, we've had some pretty good volatility in the, in the markets the last couple of weeks, and there's been a downward slant to it, but... You know, if you look at it, Kim, really the the S&P, the NASDAQ, your two main ones, are, you know, 4 to 5% off of the highs is all at this point. It's mm-hmm. not like we've had a devastating sell-off. And so, you know, what I would say is if people are, are nervous uh, and they, they want to sell for whatever reason, one, they might want to just put a little bit more money in cash, uh, thinking prices would go lower and then they could get a good bargain. Because, uh, you know, you always hear these guys on TV say, well, I think this is a great buy. Well, you can't make a great buy at a great price if you don't have any free cash to work with. Right. So that would be one reason. Uh, you know, another reason would be yeah, maybe you're just a little bit nervous. Uh, it would help you to sleep a little bit better at night if you if you put a little bit off in the, into cash or something safe instead of stocks temporarily. Uh, you know, and the third reason could be is you're getting closer to retirement. Uh, maybe you're figure only a few years out, and you want to convert some of these big gains that you have into something that'll be safer and produce income forever or long term, so more of a bigger strategic move. But I guess the point I'd make, Kim, is don't get caught up with, gosh, I wish I would have sold a couple of weeks ago when things were up more, uh, because there's a really good saying out there that says only the liars get out exactly at the top. (laughs) 
And to, to think that you messed up by missing exactly the top, and now you have to wait until it just gets back up to where it was, well, that's a good way to get trapped in, and it just keeps going lower, and you keep wishing for last week's prices. Well, and so, Jason, what you're talking about makes a lot of common sense, and, and that is I think people do want to sleep well at night. And so one of the things that you and, and the good people over at Presidential Wealth Management do is, is you, you sit down and you talk to each individual uh, to work with them to get to their own economic well-being and prosperity, but again, with their comfort level. And uh, so um, I know that you're happy to sit down with anybody, and they can reach you at chickspresidential.com. Yes, that's correct. And, you know, we know that people's comfort levels can change sometimes depending on the market conditions or their comfort level turns out to be different from what they might have thought. And and I think we try to do a good job of structuring things uh, to, to limit the volatility to some degree. So it does help you sleep a little bit better at night without having to worry so much every day. Well, that's for sure. So be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And your podcasts are there and all kinds of great information. And so greatly appreciate it, Jason McBride. We will talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a great show, Kim. Okay. Thanks so much. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, I am so excited to talk with this young guy, Will Witt. Uh, He's got a a real following among young people. And uh, in a humorous way, he actually is putting forth uh, these important issues that we need to talk about. His most recent video is is he was on the uh, campus at uh, NYU, New York University, asking these students if they thought that they should have free college. And uh, I I was cracking up as I was uh, watching it the other day. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk with Will Witt. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation and offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. And also over uh, the big rally that we had last Friday, StandForColorado.com, 
Uh, we are, have a number of these pieces of legislation that were passed through the Colorado legislature or was proposed this last session. And so we've got those on there. So if you want to uh, have some summer reading and kind of get up to speed with what happened, all that stuff is there. And we're going to keep that uh, as a fresh site on new things that you need to, to know about as well. But I am so excited to talk with Will Witt. Um, my kids are uh, big fans of yours. So Will Witt, Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I Abs- really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, actually, my daughter had to continue to text me and say, you need to get Will Witt on the show. And so um, finally, I, I got a hold of you, and it's great to have you here. Well, I love that. I'm so glad your daughter's a fan. I hope you will be, too, after the end of this interview. Well, uh, I think I already am. So uh, you're, you do these videos for Prager University. And, of course, Prager University mm-hmm. is doing such great work. Uh, Thank but, you. But it says here that you're a Colorado native. That you attended uh-huh. the University of Colorado in Boulder for a couple of years, and then you dropped out because of the relent- relentless indoctrination. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I went to school in Colorado for two years. I did a year at CU Boulder and then a C- at CU Denver. And it was the indoctrination. I was actually never a conservative until I went to college. I was never political until I went to college, and I saw just how terrible they were to any opposing point of view. I was actually... In my intro to sociology class, I was an English major at the time, worthless degree. And my TA, uh, she looks at me, and there's this African-American girl sitting next to me, and she says, you are oppressing this girl because of the color of your skin, because of your white privilege. And to me, that like was incredibly shocking. And I realized that this is how you create a victim culture in America. And so after that point, uh, my sophomore year of college, I started getting very involved, working with student groups, uh, trying to speak around the state, and then I eventually sent a video that I made asking women what they thought about the wage gap on my campus to PragerU that I just made myself, edited myself, and they loved it, posted it, and long story short, PragerU gave me a, a job, and so I dropped out of school. Oh, my so gosh. That, what a story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was an incredible experience to be able to work with PragerU. Well, and and to that point, I mentioned this in, in the prior segment, but I don't have a college degree either. I think that this is a big lie that's been taught to people that you have to have this college degree to be a success. And then I think people um, actually, you know, go to school and then, and many times buy into this indoctrination, and they, um, you know, take on these these huge loans, and then they get out. And they may end up with jobs that they could have done without a college degree. And I think we're doing a real disservice to our young people with that. No, we definitely are. I mean, I used to be a server in Colorado when I was still in college, you know, trying to make money. And I remember a lot of these people had master's degrees serving tables with me. And they were making more money serving tables than a job that they would get with their master's degree in whatever useless field that they, that they got it in. The college degree is totally not, it's not nearly as worth as much as it used to be. People are going to school and it's a daycare at this point and ideas are not able to be freely expressed at university. It's a shame because it's it's supposed to be the number one place where you're supposed to learn and, and educate yourself for the future. But people nowadays are not, they're not learning anything and they're only going for the piece of paper at this point. Right. And I agree. College used to, used to be a place where you were supposed to be able to kick the tires on these different ideas. And if you're presented with all, all the ideas and, and the truth, you know, nine times out of ten, people gravitate towards the truth. So I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing voices being shut down on college campuses as well. No, it definitely is. And then, again, it costs so much money, incredibly. I mean, for 
why I went to see Boulder. I don't know why they needed to make a pool in the shape of a buffalo. It just made no sense to me that they had to spend so much money on all these things when they should be putting that money towards courses and, and things of, of that nature. And, and reducing the cost for people. Free speech. Yeah, yes, exactly. Reducing the cost. So, it, Dave, producer Dave, you look like you want to say something. They have no interest in reducing the cost. It's like this cash scam that makes the college administrators a ton of money. And so all these kids take out all these loans. There's no risk for the college at all. And so they don't care what happens to the kids after they graduate as long as they get their money. You know, I think they're getting the loans from the federal government. Well, and, you know, I I thought it might be a good idea that colleges don't get paid tuition until somebody actually gets a job. Uh, and uh, gets to work, and uh, and uh, they need to guarantee that they're giving somebody somebody the tools that they can go out and get that job, and uh, otherwise they don't get paid. But I don't think the administrators like that idea. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. It just make it it makes my head spin thinking that like why would you ever give a loan to someone who's going to get a degree in gender studies? It just doesn't make any sense to me why you would think that that's a good investment. But it is a good investment because they're going to continue to get paid because you can't file bankruptcy on a student loan uh, nowadays. So they'll give loans out to people getting worthless degrees or who didn't have good grades in high school. So anyone gets a loan nowadays. and It's, it's a huge scam. They can just keep raising the prices. Right. In the old days, I'm going to date myself, people used to have to earn scholarships if they were going right. to get money for schools. So, but this is a great segue to your most recent Prager University video. NYU students went free college for all. And, uh, I, I mean, it's just kind of amazing to me the different people that you were interviewing here. But tell my listeners about that, Will Witt. Yeah, so that video we went out to NYU. I was actually giving a speech at State University of New York Maritime College, which is over there in Brooklyn or the Bronx, I mean. Um, and I went and made that video at NYU the next day, and it's just, it's just incredible that you see these, these students who look like they haven't showered ever in their lives. That's the NYU aesthetic. And then they want to give free college for every single person when they probably got their college paid for by their parents or, or something like that. And every single person we talked to wanted free college for all. There wasn't one person except for that last guy who thought that maybe this isn't a good idea, maybe it would de-incentivize people to actually get a degree, or maybe it would be unfair for people to have to pay their taxpayer dollars for my degree. None of them except for one person thought that. Every single student thought that it should be free. And I think one of the questions that you asked the, the students, though, is if somebody didn't go to college, is it fair for the, them to have to pay taxes for this other person to go to college? Right. It's like if I wanted to be a, a trash man and made $200,000 a year and chose not to go to college, why am I or responsible to pay for your, your degree that you go and get at college that helps me in no way at all? That does nothing for me. So it's, it's incredibly selfish. I think the same thing when it comes to, to free health care, why I would have to pay for, uh, let's say, a drunk driver's medical expenses when I wasn't in that crash or something like that why why am i responsible to pay for his for his uh dilemma it doesn't make any sense to me it, it should be people having to to be responsible for themselves but people in america have no responsibility nowadays i talked about this a little bit in in some some live streams i do on my 
on PragerU page and, and my page, but that, that especially men nowadays are not able to take responsibility for anything that they do in their lives. And it's probably one of the biggest issues facing America. But you know what you just described when you were at uh, CU either Boulder or Denver where uh, this uh, teacher's assistant looks at you and says that you are pressing the person next to you just by virtue of who you are. And uh, this identity politics is really, it's really not a good thing. But I feel that, that uh, Caucasian straight males are just totally under attack these days. And, uh, and you don't even know why. And um, I'm really concerned about what that is, what that is doing to our, our men. And now you're saying that, you know, a lot of them aren't taking responsibility. I mean, I think it's very, very connected. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. I mean, I go on social media. And, of course, as a conservative uh, person in the public eye, I get a lot of hate from a lot of people. And you can see that it's all these, it's all these anonymous accounts on social media who don't have their real face, they don't have their real name, and they go and just say the most horrible, disgusting things. And it's, it's these men not having to take any responsibility for their actions. So they can say whatever they want anonymously. So using that same token... How can you expect these men who, who take no responsibility on that front to ever take responsibility in a relationship, in a career, um, with anything like that? And, of course, they're not now. And it's a lot stemmed because the, the divorce rate in America is so high at this point, so men have no male role models really to look up to. So they don't feel like they've learned responsibility. But it's also because there's a, a distinct lack of community now in America. I mean, I live here in Hollywood in Los Angeles, and there is no sense of community here. Everyone does their own thing. Everyone is a social climber. There's, there's no people coming together to, to do things together, like if you lived in a, a smaller town or somewhere more conservative where there's churches or, or more family traditional values. But there is no sense of community here. And it plays into to young men responsibility and also uh, the way women and men interact. Yeah, I think that, and you know, actually, Will, I think this goes back to the 60s with uh, Lyndon Johnson, President Johnson, and his great society. You know, basically what he did is he said to women that we will take care of you and your children as long as there's not a man in the house. And what mm-hmm. that did to the relationship, so no longer was there the responsibility you know, from from having sexual relations and, uh, you know, having a baby, there there was no longer then that responsibility um, for the man, which I think has really been detrimental to men, and then also what that's done to women and children. And I, I'm encouraged, though. I think that with your generation, I'm starting to see a swing back. Um, so I'm encouraged. We're going to go to break. I want to hear if you're encouraged. And then I, we've got to talk about a couple more of these videos. One of them, I was almost on the floor laughing so hard. So uh, let's go to break, and we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. 
Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 10th through Thursday, May 16th, features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special? Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Chicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And we are having a conversation with Will Witt. He is a young guy who's doing all these great videos for uh, Prager University. And uh, now you're in Hollywood. I mean, is, what, isn't that everybody's dream to get to go to Hollywood? And here you are, a star living in Hollywood. It's supposed to be people's dreams, but once you actually get here, it's not nearly as glamorous as they make it out to be. It's probably the least glamorous place there is. I uh, used to live in a place when I first moved there to L.A., and I didn't really have any money, and I dropped out of school. That was just absolutely disgusting. I mean, there's homeless people everywhere, cockroaches, um, everyone's rude and and mean-spirited. So, yeah, it's definitely not the place that they promise you. <laughs> I, guess, okay. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no. But uh, but you're really becoming a success. You're doing these really creative videos, and uh, and they're important videos as well because you're taking important subjects, and 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 putting some humor behind it. So one of them that just cracked me up was uh, can Will get a date if he has on a MAGA hat? And you're on a college campus <laughs> asking people to be their your Valentine or something. You've got a MAGA hat on. Tell us about that one. That was one of my favorite videos. We went to UC Irvine, University of California, Irvine, and I wore a MAGA hat, and then I had a sign that said, would you be my Valentine, uh, or something along those lines. And then we set up a camera. My cameraman was filming me, basically just asking women on the campus if they would be my Valentine, even though I'm in the MAGA hat. And I didn't get any dates. <laughs> I got absolutely zero dates, which is expected at a California university. Um, but I did get a lot of hate. People did not like what I was wearing. Um, and they pretty much discredited me as a person, even before talking to me or knowing me, uh, just because of what I was wearing. I think I'm a, a decently looking guy. Yeah, I think I that... I thought that I would, I would get a, a, at least one. At least one date. Well, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, you know, I, I did an interview for a publication yesterday, and one of the questions that they asked me was about the president uh, presidential race. They said, you know, there's 21 or 22 on the Democrat side and probably one. That's going to be Donald Trump uh, on the Republican side. And, um, you know, what what do I, you know, what would the question, question be regarding my decision for how I vote for president? And I said, you know, I think the first thing is, is am I better off now? than I was in 2016? And the answer to me is yes. And then also, who is the person in that whole big field who's actually reduced taxes, who's actually reduced rules and regulations, and uh, really gotten this economy going? 
And again, you know, that's Donald Trump. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's the narrative where they, I mean, there's so much hate towards the guy because he's actually doing a lot of good for everyday hardworking Americans, no matter what your descriptor is. Our last uh, GDP, um, the GDP for the last quarter was 3.2%. Obama said that we'd never get above one, one and a half. Here we are at 32 and that raises everybody's boats, no matter what the descriptor is behind your, your um, identity politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the free market works. I mean, you see when, when he does anti-taxes, anti-regulation policies, that it makes people more prosperous. It's uh, apparently something the left has never heard of. So you have all these different Democratic candidates all running on their identity politics, and then you have Donald Trump who's running on solutions that actually work, that actually give people jobs, that keep people... Uh, with more money in their pockets that make people's lives better, exactly like you said, that they're they're financially and uh, hopefully morally better off than they were before under the Obama administration, which I'm pretty sure most people are. I think most Uh, people are as well, yeah. Yeah. Let's segue over then, that's a great segue, to this next one. Again, I'm just cracking up on it, and that is Students versus Mexicans, Cultural Appropriation. Uh, Tell my listeners about that one. So that is my favorite video I ever made. So I went to UCLA dressed as a Mexican. I had a poncho. This was for Halloween, a Halloween video. So I had a poncho, I had a fake mustache, and then a sombrero, and then maracas, too. So I went to UCLA and basically asked all the college students there if this was racist, if it was cultural appropriation, uh, if I should take off my costume. And, of course, all of these college students at UCLA all said yes. They all said that I should take it off. And they weren't Mexican. And then I went to uh, Alvera Street, which if you're familiar with Los Angeles, is a very Hispanic area, and they sell um, Mexican things and there's Mexican food and all sorts of things like that. And so I went there in the costume, and all we talked to them and asked what, what they thought about it, the Hispanics, and they loved the costume. They thought it was great. They thought it was hilarious. They had no problem with it. They didn't think it was cultural appropriation. They didn't think... Uh, I was being offensive or anything. They thought it was a costume, and I was dressing up and having a good time. And so it's incredible to see the the dichotomy between the two places because you have these these college students who get so offended because their professors told them versus what people who it's actually supposed to affect loving what I'm doing. So it's just it's a great example of just I, I believe like irrefutable evidence that the left is wrong on these issues that the people who they claim to defend or claim to virtue signal for actually don't want them to. They actually don't care about these things that they're, they're spewing. You know, and I, as you were mentioning this, um, the loss of the sense of humor by the radical activists far left, I mean, it's, a, it's not a great way to live life, to be, you know, always looking for, you know, being a victim or who's, who's oppressing who and, and no sense of humor. I mean, that's not a great way to live a, live a life, Will Witt. No, it is definitely not. It makes people's lives uh, more unhappy. I don't know why you would want to live that way. Living as a victor or someone who believes that they can do things for themselves is so much more rewarding than than blaming other people for your problems. Because like I said, you know, I was never really that political before. And when I was, you know, in high school and beginning college, you know, I was definitely more entitled. And I, I, you can never have enough when you're entitled. There's always something else that you want. There's always someone else to blame for... Uh, things going wrong in your life, and you really need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and and realize that this is your life and you have to take control of it. 
Well, that's, and it makes you so much happier for it. Oh, it most definitely. We are just about out of time, but I want to ask you about one other very important video, and that was changing minds about the Electoral College. Uh, I don't know if you're watching out here in Colorado, but, but uh, there was a, a law that was uh, uh, passed and signed by Governor Polis that instead of our votes from Colorado going towards who we vote for, that actually it'll be part of this compact that our votes will go to whoever wins the national popular vote. It's highly unconstitutional. And uh, I think I, I think it's a strategy to try to defeat Donald Trump in 2020. But tell us a little bit about that, because with one, you know, th- three little points, you were able to change minds on that one. Yeah, I mean, that was a very important video in the sense of, of showcasing that, that the videos that Preview and myself are making are not just for, you know, showcasing what the left believes, but also trying to change people's minds, the viewer and the people we're talking to. And so we were able to really talk to people about, you know, why the Electoral College is important, you know, how a state like Wyoming would have no representation without the Electoral College, and how the Electoral College was set up by the founders for essentially, you know, checks and balances. Um, And so we made that video and were really able to change people's minds. It's, It's these students and young people who are like, oh, yeah, we don't need the Electoral College, they have no idea what it actually is. They have no idea what it actually represents or why we have it in place. So once we're able to show them just a, a short PragerU video or have me uh, give them the facts on it, they're able to change their minds almost every single time because when you see it, it's like, wow, this is common sense. And also these founder guys who we thought were just a bunch of racist white males were actually pretty smart. And they set something up that, is an incredible model so that we can continue to have our constitutional republic. We are not a democracy, and that was a, a huge misconception we are trying to dismantle. Right, we so are. It's a very important video. And, and I've heard out of the mouths of people, college grads, if you will, and people that should know that we are a constitutional republic, but they say no, that we're a democracy. And as you mentioned, um, these old white guys, the founders, uh, they actually put in place a variety of things to protect the minority or the minority voice, if you will, the smaller voice. And that right. is what they did with the Electoral College. And so we, as you were talking about this, you know, first of all, we're trying to get this um, this uh, law under review by the people of Colorado, getting that onto the ballot. So we're going through a petition gathering process right now. And they have to get a lot. I mean, like it's 100, 150,000, I mean, a lot of petitions to do that. But then I realize a lot of people don't understand the Electoral College. And so I think what we need to do is have everybody go to Prager University and watch this short video. Most of your videos are, what, three or four minutes, aren't they? I mean, they're short. Yeah, about three to five minutes, any of them. Um, And you can get a ton of information, not just my videos, but all the other videos on PragerU.com. Our video on the Electoral College is actually our most popular video ever. Uh, with about 65 million views, I believe, somewhere oh in the ballpark. So, gosh. yeah, that's uh, that's our most popular video because it, it, most people have no idea what it is. So, yeah, it's a very important issue. Okay, I think that we're going to use that as we're informing people out here in Colorado. So, Will Witt, thank you so much, and uh, people can find you where? Uh, they can find me on all social media at the Will Wit, or they can go to PragerU.com and check out all my videos and other PragerU videos there. Well, I would suggest uh, just to kind of lighten your day up, uh, that would be something to do every day is to see what you, and wh- what's your next one going to be, do you know? Um, so actually, we went to Santa Monica, or not Santa Monica, Santa Barbara, if you're familiar, in California, and they banned plastic straws. <laughs> so uh, for, you know, whatever virtue signaling, ridiculous reason. And so we set up a table with a sign that said free plastic straws 
and then we filmed uh, giving them out to people and how angry people got at us. Uh, I so, can't, I can't uh, wait to see that. So, yeah, and Will, Will thank you, Will Witt, thank you so much, and um, you know, let's stay in touch. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay, Churchill, he said, you have enemies? Good. That means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Through the rain and lightning, wandering.